Welcome to episode 121 of Drew Sports Crew here on this Sunday night. Myself, Drew Skyberg, bringing you the news here in the Wisconsin sports world, which what happened this past week, we had an all-star announced for the Milwaukee Brewers tonight, Sunday, June, or not June, it's July now, July 2nd. Then, of course, this past week, we had NBA free agency kickoff. I talked about, I was like, let's, let's go. It's going to be time. So, of course, we're going to be talking about that today as well, right? We're going to be talking Brewers and Bucks, what we've had this past, you know, these past few weeks now with, uh, right? I mean, we're hoping to get Packers back in the swing of things, right? And some other more sports, but, right, I mean, EWC season wrapped up here. And now we got Brewers and Bucks. We got our Milwaukee sports here. Um, and so... It's going to be a lot of fun discussing that. Brooke Lopez is back. Chris Middleton, he's good, and he is back. I was wearing the Chris Middleton is good shirt, of course, when I was I was actually at a card show yesterday for the first time ever at a card show in Oak Creek, Wisconsin. Uh, fairly, fairly impressed. You know, first experience wore the shirt after, of course, Chris Middleton getting a three-year deal with the Bucks. He's coming back three more seasons. I uh, got to celebrate that there. A lot of other individuals agreed with me. It was very fitting to wear the shirt, indeed. Um, but yeah, I was really excited to be able to wear it. Don't know what Brooke Lopez's good shirt. You know, now he's back for two two more years. Probably would be wouldn't be a bad idea to add to the collection. So that, that's kind of like my free agency story. Uh, very very pleased with how the Bucks have operated so far, even though it's been just bringing back. Right, Milton Lopez, um, Jay Crowder gets a deal too. Right, it's just small things like that. Uh, it's been a good start so far. But let's head over here, talking through what's going on with the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll start there with free agency, then we'll wrap up here with the Brewers. So, all right, first off, going through right the deals. Free agency kicks off. Well. We saw Milton decline that player option, and there, there, there were concerns, genuine concerns that hey, you know, is Milton coming back? And it came down to what the Bucks were willing to pay, of course, and um, ended up being the case where, right, Milton. It, it felt I felt pretty safe he was coming back, and right, I'm pretty sure Vegas odds who had him as like the the team most destined uh, that was destined to land him was Milwaukee. Right, and it's still barring trades. Right, we know with Portland and whatnot, there's rumors right now with Damian Lillard. Right, um, but yeah, Milton lands that three-year, 102 million dollar deal. It does, in fact, include a 2025-2026 player option. So just keeping that in mind, and that right, that's going to give Milton the option. Right, to dec- right, if he's playing well, let's say he's coming off this insane season from 2024 to 2025 gives him an option there for that third year to opt out again and then try to get another long-term deal. Right. And this one would be then because this will, this will have until he's 34. This deal will he's 31 right now. Uh, the Brooke Lopez deal. So fun fact with Brooke, Brooke was offered actually two year, I believe reports indicate 52 million to go play with the Houston Rockets declines that for two year, 48 million to stay with Milwaukee. So, he values winning. He values this Milwaukee system. He knows he'll have a role here. Whereas if he was in Houston, they have Alpern and Shangun, a guy who, right, can make the big plays and is is an up and coming center there with Houston. 
where uh, there, there might be more competition, you might say. So it ends up Lopez takes that hometown discount, right? And yeah, when I say hometown discount, $24 million annually. Uh, some some are shocked with the amount Lopez is getting paid, right? We know we know the defensive presence he brings if you're a Bucks fan. So it certainly seems warranted he got this this type of deal with with Milwaukee to stay here. Two more seasons. I believe this pushes him out to his age 37 season, potentially. So just with Lopez, yeah, he's right now, he's 35 right now. So just knowing that, right? Um, we're hoping, right, he stays healthy. That's been the concern, right? The back with Lopez, but two more years, three more years for Middleton. And then Jay Crowder's back for a season. Whatever you think of that, right? We we it's hard to base an opinion off of what we saw from him out of Milwaukee last year. But if you want to base it off of what we've seen from him the last two or three seasons, rather, uh, ends up being a nice signing for Milwaukee, bringing him back for the bench for one season. Javon Carter is, in fact, with the Chicago Bulls now. He ended up getting a nice three-year deal with them. Three-year, $20 million contract. No way he's getting that in Milwaukee. Joe Ingles, then also, right, former Milwaukee Buck, he is with the Magic. He got a two-year, $22 million contract, all guaranteed. So, again, he's not um, getting that with Milwaukee either. So, right, um, and ended up being signings that didn't really work out. You know, Carter probably worked out more than Ingles, just Ingles coming back. He was fine. He, he didn't do – he did everything okay. You know, there's nothing that if you felt even on tape, right, that he, that he excelled at, you know, I mean, for – being a guy who can shoot, he could pass, right? I mean, he's a good passer, but I mean, the ball handling wasn't there, and there was just the defense wasn't always there. Uh, you just felt there were some flaws in his game that, right, willing to move on from. That's what the Bucks did. And now we're in a situation where we bring back those two guys. It's hard to say, you know, if they're going to be bringing back anyone else right now, but it, it just kind of depends on what kind of moves are made, really, with the Bucks. Um, space right now. So we're kind of just waiting and seeing. I don't want to just speculate. You know, you know uh, they, they can sign this guy if they free up X amount of space, right? We, we have to kind of get more more numbers in front of us. And now we know the Lopez signing, right? Lopez getting $24 million a year really affects the cap space where it's going to be interesting what kind of moves Milwaukee's making. Um a lot of the top guys are signed as well, so um, probably not not going to be anything too crazy. And there's there's certainly potential for a trade. Keep in mind, Adrian Griffin again, new coach comes in. We saw the draft already influenced that, and we haven't. I mean, we we saw just guys get re-signed. We haven't seen anyone new come in from free agency yet. So I'm intrigued to see if Adrian Griffin, right with what he plans to bring to the Bucks, if we're going to see a new a trade or whatnot come through. So I'm just, just monitoring that potential trade here. We're hoping we're hoping for some more moves, of course, but so far you're happy. The core of Lopez, Middleton, Giannis back together and holiday Adam and are going to be back together for at least a couple, at least two more seasons here. Um, it depends on actually on Holiday's contract. Just if he, because the rumor was that Holiday 
just based on how his contract is structured. I'm pulling it up right now. Right, he does have a player option from 2024 to 2025. If he does decline that, I don't imagine he will. His base salary will be 37 million um, in his age 34 season. But there was talks he was about him retiring early, um, but potentially age 20 or age 35 in 2025 when he hits as an unrestricted free agent. But you know that, that that's out right now. I mean that's that's far out. Just kind of speculation that that has been heard. Um, so, I, I mean, I imagine Holiday will be back for at least two more seasons. So, that's why I say two more seasons with the Bucks squad, you know, back together. Hopefully, we can get a championship added to that. Um, but a lot of surprises through free agency, I guess, just to sum it up. I believe this stat, right, if we throw a stat of the week out there, $1.2 billion, or oh, oh, no, what was it, over a billion dollars um, was spent in the first hour and two minutes of free agency. So, I mean, if you want to throw a stat out there, talk about vol- volume. That's the fastest we've gotten that amount out. I mean, guys like Fred Van Vliet, great players, $44 million annually or so. Uh, it's it's crazy the amount we've seen go out, but, you know, it's th- that every year, every year we keep saying the same thing, you know. So uh, it's just going to keep getting crazier and crazier when Shohei Otani signs in baseball. We're gonna see that same amount. We're gonna or we're gonna see an amount even crazier than these, and we're gonna be like, wow. But just kind of my thought here for agency. Just want to go through the main signings here. Uh, overall, my thoughts. Happy with the moves. I don't and I don't think we're done. I think there's gonna be either a trade, some sort of trade, or of course there are gonna be some veterans signed here. Um, so just want to monitor that. There we go. There's your free agency talk. Pretty quick today, right? Ended up being only a couple moves rather than a few big splashes. It was the moves we we wanted to hear, though. So going to the Milwaukee Brewers now already, um, right? They wrapped up this past week a very successful 10-game stand, finishing 7-3. and three. They win each series they took part in. And if we go again talking through week 14, right, we break it down like that, we had – I had a series split in New York. Right? Jared was cheering them out in New York. I was like, a series split. Well, they, they take three of four. Give them credit. was happy to see that. They win the close ones, too. They win two to one on Monday. They lose seven to two on Tuesday, however. Uh, giving up, right? The long ball was the story in that one. And however, they bounce back five to two win on Wednesday. And then the bullpen comes up big on Thursday. So we'd love to see that. And. Yeah, I mean, Vogelbeck hits a home run on Tuesday. It was kind of like the thing. It was like, oh, okay. But Julio Tehran kind of gets roughed up, you know, and I feel like the first start he's had with Milwaukee where he just hasn't had it, you know, he's been able to limit, you know, limit hard contact. And it's been all things you want to see. Um, and then, right, I mean, Colin Ray was the pitcher of the week for the Brewers, maybe the player of the week for this team. Obviously, you could put Yelich up there with how he's performed, but – Definitely what Ray brought this week in, in this kind of, you know, where the Brewers have this long 10-game stretch. And when I say 10-game stretch, it just goes to they have a full seven this week, so it's a 17-game stretch, I should say. Um, having two big starts from Ray back-to-back is huge, right? Puts a lot or less of a load there on that bullpen, right? We saw we saw Friday what happens. Uh, it's 
they they right you gotta play a bullpen game it, which this is kind of a critique i had right craig council kind of came out and said hey there's gonna really only be three guys available here on friday and it was just a recipe for disaster doing that it felt hauser got a spot star on thursday although he did well kind of threw off the rest of the week in terms of or when i say rest of the week on friday especially um brewers were kind of limited right having to go through the bullpen there panoni uh they bring him up from uh triple a and right i mean the, the talk was he was gonna go however long freddie peralta can't go and we know freddie peralta nothing against him he's gotten good strikeout numbers this year in the nets pitch but he hasn't made it through a lot of innings so kind of piggybacking a triple a guy with freddie peralta Although the Brewers, right, we know they're short on pitching. I didn't think that was necessarily the best strategy. Maybe you piggyback Peralta and Hauser. I don't know. I, I thought that kind of forced Council in a tough spot because guess what? Matt Bush had to come in in the ninth. You know what happened? Brewers were up. They were up seven to five in the ninth on Friday. They gave up three run or a walk off. Uh, Walk off home run to Carlos Santana. It, it kind of felt like okay, Matt Bush is in. What's going to happen? Matt Bush, we know, was DFA'd after this game. Nothing against Matt Bush. It just it didn't feel like the spot Matt Bush. Matt Bush at this point in his career should have been should have he shouldn't have been in at this point in his career, and that's just the facts. So, uh, whatever you want to make of that, right? Friday, Friday's game tough. You move on. You go to Saturday. The bullpen almost blows that one, right? And Brewers get enough offense there, which is what you wanted to see um, in Pittsburgh. Jesse Winker did well. Two rain delays in this one, pretty controversial in my opinion with how, with why, and whatever. Yelich plays amazing in this one. Ramiel Tapia hits a home run. Burns pitches amazing. Um, and so like all the good things you want to see Piams gets the save because a six run eighth from the pirates kind of just was like, Oh my, is this a, is this Friday all over again? Thankfully brewers survive. They pull it off. Winker has his best game of the season. Maybe right. Two for four with a walk, uh, no strikeouts in that one too. Raises his OPS to now five eighty one. Uh, he's still way below league average, but. You know, you'll take this because I felt if he didn't get it going this weekend, he could have been DFA'd. Uh, Keston here is swinging a hot bat right now. Uh, you know, it's not saying that's happening, but um, look, I mean, you got to give the guy another chance at some point, I'd imagine. I know it seems like that's just been a story we've kept repeating, but really, it's it's coming soon. Um, I mean, we saw Luis Arias get DFA'd this week was kind of the big story because Bryce Turing is now back. Love to see what he's bringing defensively. He kind of felt, he kind of felt like an oomph defensively for the Brewers this weekend with bringing him back. He kind of just felt like it was good vibes for sure. Um, and Sunday, you know, um, we often scratch our heads a little when the Brewers face a lefty because we know the lineup's going to look really weird. And Sunday was no different. Andrew Monasterio DHs and bats leadoff. And sure enough, it worked, you know, and um, whatever, if you want to say it's luck, uh, Monasterio two for four with the walk, gets on base, does his job. Uh, Contreras in the two spot, dominant. Rich Hill, however, still, you know, you know, the Brewers, you might look at this, they put up six runs, right? They're going to win the game probably because that's how they do if they score five or more runs. 
They let Rich Hill get eight strikeouts in five innings against them. Yes, Rich Hill. He's 43 years old. His strikeout numbers this season, um, he averaged under a strikeout per inning. Um, and, yeah, he got they, – they got carved by Rich Hill, you know, honestly. Um, if it wasn't for that mistake he made to, you know, Contreras – it was it was a fast play left a little over the plate. Uh, it, this could have been a completely different game, and I, I know it's baseball, but really, I mean, Rich Hill had himself a day, um, and the Brewers continue to struggle against left-handed pitching. You'll kind of see how it's a theme here in the Brewer Prediction Challenge. Um, so, whatever, right, right. They win this game six to three. They end up winning all three road series again, seven to three record, seven and three record on this road trip. Tied for first place with the Cincinnati Reds. And you'll see this all in the Brew Prediction post on Instagram, you know, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, wherever you, right, at Drew Sports Crew or Drew Sports Crew. Uh, you'll find this post and, right, I break down the games this week, my prediction, and also a standings recap, like what's going on in the Central. And right now we see uh, a tie at first place with the Reds and the Brewers. And it's it's interesting to me how both those teams are the it it feels like they're both kind of different you know the the Brewers are this team that they'll win those close games they might not make you know always the right play but they make enough plays to win the game it, it feels with the Brewers and they'll score enough runs when they need to but they won't score a lot of runs and uh, they can't they can't hit lefties right and then we see the Reds the Reds are this young team that offensively they're this the squad who can just put up runs and hitter friendly American fan or not American great American ballpark and pitching is just, you know, the bullpen. There, there's some pieces that fall apart and they got an all-star all-star closer as well as the Brewers do, right? Alexis Diaz and Devin Williams, both all-stars, but it'll be interesting. And I, I bring this all up because Brewers Reds three games series, July 7th through 9th this weekend. Let's talk through first the schedule for week 15 already. Yes. We already got tomorrow. Monday, 1-10 game versus the Cubs. Right? So that game is, again, on Bally Sports Wisconsin. 4th of July, Tuesday. Right? 3-10 game. Right? And that one uh, will be also be on Bally Sports. Wednesday is a 7-10 game. Weird schedule this week. Then Thursday at 1-10 as well. All these on Bally Sports. And then Friday, we go 7-10 versus the Reds. Bally Sports on that as well. Saturday at 3-10 FS1. There you go. There is your um, prime time. You know, not really prime time, but there you go. You're on national television, Brewers. Other than Apple TV, thank you, FS1. We'll take it. Um, that game, 3-10, 1-10 on Sunday. So there's kind of your... The game's here for the week. Seven games. I do have the Brewers going five and two, full disclosure. And the reason being is, right, going through the matchups, Brewers actually, okay, that spot start that we disliked last week ends up helping out here where um, matchups end up being pretty favorable uh, throughout the week. And what, what I'm mainly looking at is, especially on, on the offensive side for the Brewers, you know, like, this is nothing to do with with how they do a six man, but how the Cubs rotation lines up and the Reds, um, they end up right. They end up missing right some guys, and 
Justin Steele does look like that was going to be pitching Thursday is what I'm, I'm predicting. And uh, he's a lefty, right? And that's all you need to know with the Brewers, but he's an all-star as well. And he, he's already carved up the Brewers this year. And I'm afraid that's going to be the case again Thursday as they still can't hit lefties. Friday, it looks like the Reds are going to get them with Andrew Abbott, who just had his best start of his career on Sunday. And he puts up a 12 strikeout performance at Great American Ballpark. He already pitched against the Brewers this year, and it was his first big league start, and it was good. It was incredible. So um, not a lot of strikeouts in that one, but concerns on Thursday and Friday with left-handed pitching for the Brewers who they're against. Right, they could carve out a win, but it's hard for for me to predict that with, with how that's been. But I'm it's looking like um, Burns might be in line for Thursday, which might be a, which which was kind of like a thing for me. But the Cubs have hit Burns decently, um, and just kind of concerned with how that all maps out with the schedule. Um, but certainly. Liking how you know I like Tehran against the Cubs. Basically, like I, I like the matchups here for Monday through Wednesday. Also, then how the Brewers have performed at home as well. Hoping for wins Saturday and Sunday. The Reds' rotation is rough right now, right? As much right, we we want Hunter Green back. Baseball fans, we do. Um, we're hoping he could return, but he's not back yet, and the Brewers will not be facing him this weekend because of that. So, um, that's something. It might be Graham Ashcraft who has an ERA over seven, right? They've they've gotten to Ben Lively, so there are some guys who pretty favorable matchups for the Brewers this week. So five and two, the record, hoping for first place at the All Star break. So next Sunday night's episode ends up being pretty easy. Probably do a home run derby bracket. Those are always fun. Also got to talk the All Star game that is Tuesday at seven p.m. Right, we'll get into all that those details there. But right, last up, we got to talk about the All-Stars, right? Devin Williams is an All-Star for the Milwaukee Brewers. Was Christian Yelch snubbed? Yeah, the answer is yes, he was. However, there are actually some worse, maybe worse snubs, which is crazy to think about. But we'll, for, we'll first highlight the bright side here. Devin Williams, an All-Star ERA at 1.57, a whopping 38 strikeouts in 28 and two-thirds innings. Their ERA plus, right? And ERA plus kind of just talks about how you're performing, you know, in terms of, you know, other other pitchers with 100 being league average. And it ends up being more interesting. It ends up being a better. It also is adjusted for player ballpark, too. I should add that, too. It ends up being a better indicator for hitters, right? Which is OPS plus. But it's always just crazy to see how some of the dominant relievers have some crazy ERA plus numbers as it again adjusts for the ballpark you're in. His is at a whopping 273, which leads the team by a pretty a pretty sizable amount. Joel Piamps, who's also been great this year with an ERA of 211, his is at 202. So you see plus 71 difference there for Devin Williams. Elvis Piguero, another one who another good stat was right. He was actually in the Hunter Renfro trade. He actually has a higher war than Hunter Renfro right now was a, was a stat that I find interesting, right? If you pull up both their pages, you'll see the war differences. You'll see Pagaro leads the way, but 
in terms of this team. You know, Devin Williams, 1.4 war. Christian Yelch right now, 2.5 war. Uh, he's been he's been phenomenal this year, which has been good to see. Um, it's been a need for this team. And um, Yelch definitely going to be getting Lord's Guriel, Lourdes Guriel. Uh, from the Arizona Diamondbacks was a guy who beat him out. If you compare the numbers, however, you'll see Yelich uh, actually has like the higher OPS plus. He's got um, right it, it, the numbers, the war, right? I mean, I, everything tends to go Yelich's way. However, you, it almost seems with the Diamondbacks, right? The Diamondbacks being first place in the NLS, they kind of got the the benefit of the doubt, right? They're the the better team. Um, they're leading the West. They get rewarded, right? And totally fine. But frustrating to see for Yelch not getting in at this point with the reserves. He'll definitely get in, right? There's there's always the unfortunate circumstance where individuals have to miss the game due to injury or some actually skip the game. So certainly we would predict Yelch to be in, but it's going to probably not be um, – well, it's not going to be in, as a reserve here or – it's got to be later. Uh, Devin Williams makes it in, though. The good news. And I was looking if there's a chance at all if Corbin Burns gets in. He had a great start on, you know, Zero is it right at four right now. I don't think he's getting in. Uh, I was looking through it. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. After like a nice start on Saturday, I was like, right, he's probably, there's a chance he might slide in, but, you know, it's probably unlikely. But looking at the stats, I'm like, no. I don't think it's happening this year. Only two all-stars for the Brewers is my prediction. Wade Miley has pitched well, though, but it's only been 56 and two-thirds. So he would, if he did not get hurt, Miley probably is an all-star if he continues to pitch the way he has. So I just find that intriguing as well. Been crazy. Wade Miley an all-star in 2023, but overall, look, the offense you got to do different things because, you know, they, they picked it up a little in Pittsburgh, the pitching staffs, right? Although the Cubs have two all-star start or now all-star starting pitchers, not starters in the game itself. Um, the Cubs aren't that whole, all that strong pitching wise. Um, and also then we know the Reds aren't as well. So another good opportunity for the offense to pick it up. Rowdy has continued to struggle. Uh, OPS plus of 86 right now. He's batting below average. Um, we're hoping Terrain can turn around as well. Damas is below average. Anderson's below league average. Only William Contreras and Christian Yelch and Owen Miller are batting above league average right now. So just keep that in mind. There's only right now. And, you know, if Garrett Mitchell was, of course, if he unfortunately is not, you know, the injury with him. Right, we really wish we could have Mitchell right now. We're hoping he comes back. We're hoping all is well with him. But his OPS plus was one ten throughout the start of the year. So we're we remain optimistic for pitching as we need to. And I also find it interesting. Joey Weimer is fourth on this team in WAR, and Wade Miley, actually Miley, and Weimer, and Owen Miller. All three of them are tied for third on this team in war. I, there's no way anyone had that on their bingo card, you know, to start the season that third in this team in war. You probably were like, oh, it's going to probably be like Yelich or Burns and then Woodruff and then Williams. That was probably like your top four. Then Contreras, that was probably your top five. Wade Miley and Joey Weimer 
and Owen Miller probably weren't even in your top six or seven. Willie Adamas would have been up there, you know, halfway through the year. We're seeing Miley, Weimer, and Miller. That's crazy how baseball is sometimes. So just wanted to throw that little tidbit in there. But that's all the main stuff I had here. Five and two for the Brewers in week 15. And again, check out at Drew Sports Crew on TikTok and YouTube. Right, Drew, or Drew Sports Crew. You'll find it there either way. And of course on Instagram. Right, a lot of good content on there. On the TikTok. I'll do I do some drafts. Have a lot of other things, right? The Brewer Prediction Challenge, some power rankings, and all sorts of content. So go check it out there. And that's going to wrap it up here for myself, Drew Skyberg, here on this Sunday night. I hope everyone has a great 4th of July and a great week. So thank you all for listening to another episode of Drew Sports Crew, the perfect podcast for you.